Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Behind-the-scenes experience in Washington and around the world. Here's the opinion page editor of the Deseret News, Boyd Matheson, on KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Welcome back, everyone. Thanks for joining us on Inside Sources. Uh, we just had a great chat uh, with Dave DeRocher from the Other Side Academy. Uh, if you're not familiar with uh, that group, again, they take uh, these wonderful individuals who have been in and out of the prison system uh, on and off the street and teach them the life skills that they need. And, and it, it's amazing. And they, they do it without uh, security guards or cameras or therapists or anything else. It's, it's a skills-driven culture. It's a community. And as Dave said, it's, it's that community that changes people. They hold each other accountable to develop these skills, to be honest, to have integrity. And uh, it's really an impressive thing to watch. They, they treat them like the people they are and the people they can become as opposed to treating them like criminals and drug addicts and homeless uh, people. Uh, and so it's, it's just an exciting place, and it's wonderful that we have it here in Salt Lake City. They are branching out around the country as well. Uh, and, a, and a very important part of the criminal justice reform movement that I think has to continue in the country. And uh, they're doing it without a penny from the city, the state, or the federal government. So no taxpayer money and no one is charged to go in. So there's no uh, no insurance. There's, there's nothing. It's just people helping people uh, get the skills they need to survive and thrive. And, and that's an exciting thing. All right, I want to uh, shift our attention now for a few minutes uh, to just do a quick update as we get into the weekend. Uh, we are nearly seven days uh, since the tragedies in El Paso, Texas, and in Dayton, Ohio. And just want to take a, a quick snapshot of where we are. I mentioned earlier in the program, the, the president gave a wide-ranging uh, back and forth with the press on the lawn as he was getting ready to get on Marine One. Uh, and head off. He'll be uh, at one of his resorts there just outside of New Jersey for the next week. It will be his week off, uh, and it will be interesting to see what happens during that week off. If he will do more tweeting, less tweeting, if he'll get away, I'm, my guess is he'll play a lot of golf, uh, but there's uh, a lot of things that I think will continue to command his attention, and we'll see how that all plays out. But let's go through just a few of the things that the president said uh, in just a real freewheeling exchange uh, with the press today. Uh, in the heat and humidity, if you haven't seen the images of this, the president's just sweating uh, as he's having this conversation out there in the in the sun. Uh, but the first thing he talked about was the uh, relationship with the NRA 
which has been under scrutiny and who really has control and power and who's going to really drive any kind of change that can be voted on and signed into law uh, by the president. We have a great relationship with the NRA. They supported me very early, and that's been a great decision they made. We have Justice Kavanaugh. We have Justice Gorsuch, and they feel very strongly about the Second Amendment. Uh, The NRA has made a great decision in supporting me, and nobody else would have won aside from everything else. I have a very good relationship. I'll change it. I have a great relationship with the NRA. I have a lot of respect for the people at the NRA, and I have already spoken to them on numerous occasions, numerous occasions. All right. So, again, he's just kind of uh, moving through his relationship with the NRA. It's going to be very interesting. The NRA has already come out uh, against the extended background checks, the red flag laws. And so there is going to be a little bit of a battle there uh, between the president and the NRA. And as many people know, the NRA is is a big, powerful lobbying group, uh, not unlike a lot of other organizations out there that influence Republicans, Democrats, and independents, a lot of that is fundraising driven. Uh, and so that will continue to be the test. I, I did think it was interesting that the president uh, did take wo- at least one moment during his uh, freewheeling exchange there with the press uh, to talk about Republicans and Democrats. This isn't a question of NRA, Republican, or Democrat. I will tell you, I spoke to Mitch McConnell yesterday. He's totally on board. He said, I've been waiting for your call. He is totally on board. I spoke to senators that in some cases, people, friends of mine, but pretty hardline senators, hardline. And when I say that, I say that in a positive way, hardline on the Second Amendment. And they understand we don't want insane people, mentally ill people, bad people, dangerous people. We don't want guns in the hands of the wrong people. I think that The Republicans are going to be great and lead the charge along with the Democrats. Okay, so again, it's a nonpartisan issue. It can be done. It should be done. Uh, If you've been listening to us all week this week, we've been talking about a challenge to uh, get the the right people in the room uh, to get something done that can move the conversation forward. Initially, I think the president was was a little resistant to everything. He's definitely opened the door in terms of uh, what can or should be done. Uh, Here's what he said in terms of the uh, background check part of the equation. I think we can have some really meaningful background checks. We don't want people that are mentally ill, people that are are sick. We don't want them having guns. Who does? All right. So he's clearly open to that. Uh, It was also interesting today. We'll talk about this a little bit in the next segment. uh, Mitch McConnell's role in all of this. Mitch McConnell did mention uh, there obviously is the House bill that was passed earlier this year. There's two bills from the House uh, that Democrats passed that are sitting on Mitch McConnell's desk currently waiting to be taken to the floor of the Senate. I don't think those in particular are going to get the vote. Uh, He did mention, however, though, there is a bill a bipartisan bill brought forward by Pat Toomey, a senator from Pennsylvania, and uh, Joe Manchin, senator from West Virginia. And uh, that one is there in the Senate. That might be the model. That might be the vehicle to actually get uh, something on the floor of the Senate. So, again, that's uh, good bipartisan work. Uh, but the president also talked in terms of uh, how, you know, how the slippery slope argument works out. Uh, there are some people who are clearly worried that if you, you pass one 
law restricting uh, someone's ability to get a weapon, uh, Second Amendment right, then how quickly does that devolve into a host of unintended consequences or take us to a different space? And again, good questions, questions that should be debated on the floor of the House and the Senate in front of the American people, and then votes should be cast so everyone can be held accountable. All right, we're going to continue this discussion. Don't go anywhere. I am Boyd Matheson, opinion editor at the Deseret News. Stay with us right here on KSL News Radio. Much, much more to come on the extended edition of Inside Sources. It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts.